It's time to play the show. The bell has rung, and that big show might be over. But it's time for us to bring wrestling information you can enjoy with the match predictions, analysis, the ups and downs of professional wrestling, all reaction, some beverage drinking to bring you logic on tap with your good brothers. It's time for you to look into the eyes of Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder on Beer, Blues, and BS. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special wrestling review edition of Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that says, why go full gear when you can go full metal? I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder, Kidder. How you doing tonight? Well, you know, not too bad. Just waiting for things to happen. <laughs> places to be, places to go, things to see. <sighs> I'm I'm all right. You know, we are now post full gear 2022. And that's what we are going to discuss. Uh, of course, a couple things to get to right off the bat. If you've never watched this, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. What Howard and I do, we talk about the matches, but before that, we make the predictions on who we think will make the uh, winning development through that match, and then at the end, tally them up, see what happens. Also, before we begin, we begin, we drink, because that's sometimes the only way we can get through these sorts of things, but typically that's more on the WWE side and the premium live event. Having said that, I mean, we need to drink anyway. Got to have something to drink. It's our What's on Tap. And if you'd like to buy us a round or buy us just a beer or a drink, you can do that by visiting BeerBluesBS.com, our website, BeerBluesBS.com. Click the Buy Us a Beer button and send us some money for a beer. Send us a message with it as well, and we'll put it on the screen. Right here as we discuss this on Beer Blues and BS. So let's get right into the what's on tap for tonight. Howard Blues, do you have a tasty beverage ready to roll, locked uh, and loaded for this full gear? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make you actually go first, Kidder. Whoa! For, for, for reasons. Oh, reasons. All right. <clears throat> Fine. Well... Since we have reasons, and since I have um, a little bit of talking to do, let's uh, let's give this uh, this one this one. Why not? It is what it is. Normally, do a, a repeat on the shows here as we do the wrestling ones, save the good ones for the main show. But I have a plethora of new beverages to try and we'll just go with it so tonight it is the crook and marker organic super grain alcohol mojito blackberry lime flavor made with rum so i hope i enjoy this and don't spit it out at the camera zero sugar five percent alcohol by volume certified by the usda as being organic on top of that, it is 11.5 fluid ounces because they cannot give you that extra half 
fluid ounce because then they'd be over 100 calories per can. There's one gram of carbs in this. It contains real lime juice, a hint of mint, and Cuban-inspired flavor made with rum. We blend this with our organic super grain alcohol. It's carefully crafted with premium ingredients, including uh, kitty, amaranth, millet, and cassava root. It's a modern twist on ancient grains. Uh, Aside from that, you can find them at Crook End Marker on the socials. And that's pretty much... Pretty much it. 100 calories in the can here. So, we'll give it a shot. It's even got the copper-colored top to it, which is kind of interesting. A little different from the beverages we normally taste on the show, but it's got less than 1% juice. All right. Right off the top, lots of blackberry scent coming out of there. So very berry. I get a hint of lime with it, too. So that's a plus. Uh, cheers to uh, the show and content. Hmm. Well... <clears throat> Did you ever have Dimatap cough syrup? Um, I don't think so. It's grape cough syrup that's made for children. Worked great. Tasted great. For some reason, this kind of tastes like it. Hmm. Rating. Uh, remind me when I'm done. <laughs> See how much I hate it. All right. What do you got? Well, Kidder, uh, I, I thought I would do something different um, tonight because, as you said, normally we would have something that we've had on the show before. And you know what? Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat where most of what's in my beer fridge is new stuff. So I came up with this uh, ingenious idea, Kidder. Uh, you mentioned we do predictions on this show. And uh, just to add to that, uh, Kidder's already locked in his predictions. He texted them to me earlier. I, being the guy who hasn't seen the show, I get to call it here uh, as we're going. I have not seen anything. I have no spoilers. I have no advantage. Um, And Kidder, I haven't really even been watching AEW lately. So to make tonight a little bit more interesting, I went up, I raided my freezer. I pulled out the old ice hole butterscotch. And uh, I got a shot glass here, <laughs> and uh, every prediction I get wrong tonight, Kidder, I'm going to have a shot of ice hole. So, great. There are 13 matches on the card, I believe, including the two in the zero hour, which means I have the absolute potential to take 13 shots of uh, ice hole. Unless I, unless I mean, the bottle's pretty low, so if I run out, I run out. But uh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's that's what we're doing. Uh, <sighs> All right. Well, there's a first for everything. Hey, you know, got to make this interesting somehow. So. All right. Well, shall we get it started then? Yes. Let's, because there are 13 matches. <laughs> Only 13. Right. So, 
It is time for full gear. As you see, I'm sporting my full gear shirt. If you're watching the video version, uh, thank you for joining us on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of this, thank you for listening. Please hit the thumbs up. Please subscribe and please join us on our video version. So then you can see the, you know, extras that we throw into the video versions and you kind of know what we're talking about. So uh, there was the zero hour, as you can see behind me here on the monitor, and uh, we'll be rolling through this somewhat quickly. Starts off uh, the general promotion on the show, talking about what's happening, uh, going to be going on during full gear. And on top of that, welcoming everybody to the big show for the evening. Right off the bat, we have the 10-man tag match. This is essentially the best friends. So Rocky Romero, Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, and surprise entrant Dan Housen. It's not really a surprise, but kind of was built up to be that way. Versus the factory with the QT Marshall, Lee Johnson, Cole Carter, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. I picked the best friends, i.e. Mm. all of them. <laughs> um, mm. You know, Kidder, I was going to go with uh, the factory, um, but then I heard who was on the best friends, and uh, I can't go against Orange Cassidy. I mean... He's freshly squeezed. Mm -hmm. So I, I am also going with the best friends. All right. This match is 11 minutes, 55 seconds long. Starting right at the top. Solo and Taylor begin the match. Solo starts punching Taylor in the, in the face. Taylor got the Peruvian necktie on Solo before Solo got a rope break. Trent and Taylor hit a double shoulder tackle on Solo before Trent hit three shot uh, chops on Solo. Johnson got the tag, but Trent put him on the top rope before Romero hit a leaping knee strike on Johnson. Romero and Trent hit the double hip toss on Carter before Romero hit the forever clotheslines and an uppercut on Johnson. Tyler, Trent, Cassidy, and Romero bounced around Marshall with punches before Marshall collapsed onto the mat. The factory then stomped the best friends before you got to give the people what they want and getting that big hug in the middle of the ring. Camarado and Johnson double teamed Trent before Camarado launched Trent out of the ring with a huge Irish whip. Camarado then hit a gorilla press slam on Trent before Carter went for the splash, but Trent lifted his knees to block the move. Marshall tagged in, but Trent hit a Sato suplex before Trent tagged in Cassidy for the hot tag. Camarado tagged in, but Cassidy greeted him by putting his hands in his pockets. Fantastic. And hitting the shotgun drop kick on Camarado. Cassidy tossed Carter with his legs before hitting a double Frankensteiner on Johnson and Solo. Cassidy slammed Marshall's face to the ring before heading a top rope crossbody. 
Cassidy went for a tornado DDT on Marshall, but Marshall reversed it with a pop-up punch. Camarado and Solo hit the backbreaker knee drop combo on Cassidy for a near fall. Trenton Taylor hit soul food on Carter, but Camarado hit a double lariat on them. Cassidy hit a running PK on Johnson before hitting a tornado DDT on Johnson. Now, Carter took down Cassidy and went for the top, uh, Etope Congiro, but instead hit the move on his partners before Romero, Tyler, and Trent hit the triple Tope Suicida on Solo, Camarado, and Carter. Nice spot. QT hit a cutter on Cassidy before attempting a pile driver on Cassidy onto the stairs. But now Dan Housen's music plays and he's like uh, the very evil version of Dan Housen instead of the silly version of him. And uh, he comes on down to the ring. He's got uh, blood like on his face. Dan Housen tags in, hits a springboard German suplex on Marshall. A Northern Lights on Carter, a Lariat on Solo, and a rebound German suplex on Johnson. Danhausen slammed Camarado into the ring post before Danhausen placed teeth in Camarado's mouth before laying him out with the big boot for the pinfall win. Danhausen spiked QT Marshall with a giant nail in the head before Romero, Cassidy, Taylor, and Trent hesitantly hugged Danhausen in the ring good start for the show of course as mentioned your winger winners dan Housen, company of the best friend sounds like a kind of a barn burner of a kickoff show match i mean <clears throat> this this actually sounds really good like mm-hmm. i know usually you can uh find the zero hour on youtube i, I might go watch this kidder at some point because it, it, it i'm intrigued I'm intrigued. I, I, I mean, now that I guess I know the win, but I've also never seen like evil Danhausen. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm really intrigued by this. I, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I good. wow, I'm already excited. Good. Hopefully, hopefully, the rest of the show is is this exciting. Okay, let's keep it rolling. <laughs> After that, we go backstage, and Renee Paquette is there. Newly signed individual wrestler uh, Kanosuke Takashida is backstage, and he thanked Tony Khan all the AEW fans for supporting him in his run with AEW, and he said that he will move to America and that he will fight with all his life for AEW. Next on the Zero Hour, it's Ricky Stocks. Absolute versus Brian Cage with Prince Nana. This is part of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament semifinals, which again did not end, as in the final was not on this show. That will take place on Wednesday's Dynamite. So, 10 minutes out of this, I picked Absolute Ricky Stocks. You know, uh, uh, I'll take Brian Cage. Um, all I know is Brian Cage is a really muscular guy, um, but I don't really like Ricky Starks. So, 
<laughs> you don't uh, like Ricky Starks, huh? I didn't know. Hmm. Brian uh, Cage I, is huge. Yeah. Uh, so I'll uh, I'll take Cage. Okay. Well, here we are. The ten minute exact match starts right now. Uh, side note: the tournament finalist Ethan Page joined the commentary table for the match. All right, so they meet up in the ring. This is Stocks and Cage. Cage stomped the way at Starks right at the beginning of the match. Cage hit a shoulder tackle on Starks before launching him into the barricade on the outside. Now, the match hasn't even started yet. They're on the outside of the ring. Cage hit a back suplex on Starks on the apron, which, of course, hurts. Starks and Cage brawled on the outside before Cage got Starks into the ring with the deadweight suplex from the apron onto the mat onto Starks. Starks laid some punches on Starks into the corner uh, there and, uh, you know, got Cage all fired up. And then uh, Cage hit a leaping knee strike onto Starks. Cage slammed Starks into the middle turnbuckle with an Irish whip. Starks started chopping away on Cage, but Cage shook it off. Hit a backbreaker on Starks. Cage then hit a running pump kick on Starks in the bottom corner before launching Starks across the ring with a huge Irish whip of his own. Starks went for a tornado DDT, but Cage evaded it. Starks hit a driving elbow strike on Cage before hitting the leaping lariat on Cage. Starks got on the top rope and went for the Diving crossbody, but Cage caught him midair, hit a backbreaker on Starks for a near fall. Two. Cage went for an uh, an ANF5, but Starks got out of that. Cage went for the reverse DDT. Starks ended up flipping over the top of Cage, hit a tornado DDT on Cage. Two count. Cage hit a back body drop onto Starks and went for Weapon X, but Starks was able to reverse it with a huge sunset flip for a near fall again. Cage then went for a lariat, but Starks evaded that, hit a spear on Cage, again a two count. Cage caught Starks from out of nowhere, hit a power bomb, a buckle bomb, and a discus lariat on Starks for again a two count. Cage climbed to the top rope, went for an elbow drop, but Stocks evaded and went for the Rochambeau, but Cage caught him with a fireman's carry. Starks wiggled out of the carry, hit a huge Canadian destroyer on Cage before hitting the Rochambeau for the one, two, and three. Starks is now the finalist there, will face Ethan Page in that world title eliminator Finals. And uh, after the match, Starks drove Cage into the canvas there. Uh, and they, uh, you know, went up and had a couple quick words. And there they go. So your winner, absolute Ricky Stocks. Uh, sounds like an okay match, Kidder. Um, let's, uh, let's just get this out of the way. <clears throat> Cheers. Let's hope that I don't have to do too many of those. 
Well, hey, it's 10 minutes of your life. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> we travel backstage again, Renee Paquette. And this time it is actually Eddie Kingston, as I, you know, was in the wrong place of my notes. So this is where Eddie's talking about his dream match again. Uh, Jun Akiyama. Kingston said that uh, Aki Akinyama, sorry about the pronunciation and or spelling, uh, was a big inspiration of his, said that he can't focus right now because his mind is on the match. And he also went on to say that uh, he was not going to lose this match. So I ended up picking Eddie Kingston. Howard Blues. Who do you pick in this singles match? Ten minutes thirty seconds in length. Uh, you know, Kidder. Uh, in the last few uh, AEW pay per views that we've reviewed, I always go against Eddie Kingston, and I have been losing that point every time. So you know what? I'm gonna have some faith. I'm gonna go with Eddie Kingston this time. So he better not let me down. Okay. Should also match the uh, mention. That before this match, there was a video promoting the AEW Fight Forever video game and a video package hyping up Soraya's return to the ring. We also have not yet had a mention of DraftKings. So here we go. It is uh, Eddie Kingston and Jun Akiyama. 10 minutes, 30 seconds as the match the two lock up right at the beginning before kingston hits a chop on june but june hit a knee before kingston hit a shoulder tackle which shook him up kingston and june got back up and the two exchange holds before kingston got june in a waist lock which june then reversed uh, with the hold and put it into a wrist lock kingston reversed june's hold with a full nelson but June broke the hold by getting a rope break. Kingston hit more chops on June. June and Kingston exchanged some more blows before Kingston launched June with a hammer throw across the ring. June climbed to the middle rope, but Kingston punched June on the outside of the ring. Kingston and June got on the apron before Kingston went for a half and half suplex, but June was able to hit a DDT on the apron onto Kingston before hitting a leaping knee drop on Kingston's neck on the apron. Now they're back at the ring at this point. June hit a curb stomp on Kingston before hitting a falling knee drop on the side of Kingston's head. June hit a pile driver at Kingston for a near fall which uh, he noticeably looked impressed. Uh, June then hit a running knee strike on Kingston before climbing to the top rope, but Kingston caught him with a palm strike before climbing to the middle rope. Kingston bit June in the ear before hitting a superplex on June. Kingston got June in the corner and hit the machine gun chops on June. June shook it off with a series of forearm strikes. Kingston and June then hit exploder suplexes on each other before June hit a running knee strike on Kingston. June and Kingston got back up, and June went for another exploder suplex, but Kingston spiked June with a DDT. Kingston went uh, hit the back fist on June for a near fall. 
to which Kingston responded by going for another back fist, but June responded with an exploder suplex before lowering his knee pad and hitting a running knee strike on Kingston for again a two count. Kingston got June back up, hit a second and final back fist on June for a one, two, and three. Eddie Kingston, your winner after 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Good job, Kingston. Didn't let me down. Kingston (laughs) needed to win this one. I I needed him to win this one. As I said, he's kind of been letting or he's kind of been proving me wrong on these uh, pay-per-views. So I'm glad he uh, glad he won. Now, after that, uh, the they finished and at a very big sign of respect, uh, Kingston and June embraced Ortiz came down to the ring to hug Kingston after his wing win. Kingston then said uh, that uh, he hoped to uh, basically have some influences in the King's Road wrestling before uh, demanding fans to watch the the pay-per-view. So on top of it, I have to mention that uh, he, uh, as in Kingston, requested to get a hold of a microphone. Uh, On top of that, a the uh, people, uh, the production assistants there, basically said that he had uh, one minute and that his time was up. And he's like, "Oh, they told me to shut up, peace." And then they finished it up with some final comments. I believe that brings us into the show proper. Howie Blues, you are correct in that. And right away, no opening video. Just uh, some pyro. Here we go. The steel cage lowered down to the ring. Why is that? Well, it is because the steel cage match is the first match on the show. Jim Ross, Excalibur, Taz, Tony Schiavone. Welcome, everybody, right into the big show. It is, of course, Old Gear 2022. All right. Off the top of the show, it is. Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Luchasaurus, accompanied by Christian Cage with the steel cage match as the stipulation on this match. And with uh, with this one, I go with Jungle Boy. Well, Kidder, uh, I'm going to go with Luchasaurus on this one. Any, any no, no, no. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, Christian has nothing to do with it. Um, I, I don't know. I just picked somebody. <laughs> I, I, I really will take here. Like, I haven't followed AEW much, like beyond like the Punk scandal. So, like, when I say I really don't, like, I have no idea what storylines are going on or who's been winning on dynamite or anything so i i am really blind picking tonight Hmm. so well you're you're not too far uh in the weeds with pretty much anything because i mean the pay-per-views are really the big staples and they've been continuing this for quite some time now so Here we go. 18 minutes, 40 seconds. It is a steel cage match. And unlike the uh, WWE cage matches, this is pinfall or submission because you're stuck in the cage. 
essentially. So that's really the only rules. You can't climb up and leaving the cage doesn't matter. So <clears throat> right off the top, we have only Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus inside the steel cage. Jungle Boy right away starts punching Luchasaurus, kicking Luchasaurus. And uh, for the lack of a better term, instead of Jungle Boy, we'll call him Jack Perry because they're they're trying to shift the name to Jack Perry. So at this point, after punching and kicking Luchasaurus, Perry hit a leaping drop kick on Luchasaurus off the cage. It's pretty cool. Perry ran the ropes, but Luchasaurus caught him with a big boot before tossing him face first into the cage, which, of course, busted him wide open bleeding from the forehead he's got the crimson mask and let me tell you he is bleeding clearly luchasaurus got perry back in the ring with a release plex from the apron out of the mat luchasaurus laid in the punches and slaps on perry in the corner hitting a running lariat into the corner followed by a side slam on perry for a two count luchasaurus launched perry right out of the cage again and two and three times the sickening thuds into the side of the cage. Luchasaurus went for a fourth, but Perry rebounded, hit a lariat onto Luchasaurus, but Luchasaurus stood off the move. Yeah, he no-sold it. Luchasaurus responded by launching Perry with a razor's edge onto the cage for a two-count. Luchasaurus placed Perry on the top rope, but Perry locked in Luchasaurus in a triangle choke. Luchasaurus was able to get out of the hold before tossing Perry off the top rope and hitting a slam, followed by connecting a burning hammer on Perry for a near fall. It was a pretty damn cool move. Luchasaurus responded by shouting at the referee before now Christian Cage sneaks over behind the ref and pulls the huge uh, lanyard out of the official's pocket. So then he has the keys, but uh, he tries to go up and open the door, but the officials call more officials and start pulling cage away. Luchasaurus uh, ended up getting the key. They swapped it while they were next to each other by the door luchasaurus was able to open the door come out try and help cage but perry attacked luchasaurus on the outside of the cage so luchasaurus turned around focused his attention on perry perry went for a drop kick off the ramp but luchasaurus caught him and hit a catapult on perry onto the side of the cage luchasaurus then grabbed the table from under the ring sent it into the ring with two chairs then went back into the ring and into the cage. Perry kicked the middle rope as Luchasaurus uh, had, you know, <clears throat> his uh, begonias on the rope. Luchasaurus uh, shook that off, had a big boot on Perry, but Perry was able to respond with a drop kick and a shotgun drop kick onto the apron and then a shotgun drop kick onto the cage. Perry laid in the stomps and Luchasaurus on onto the cage before Perry went for a pile driver on Luchasaurus on the apron. But Luchasaurus was able to respond with a backdrop on Perry onto the apron. 
At this point, Luchasaurus sets up the chair in the middle of the ring, but Perry hits a Canadian destroyer off the chair onto Luchasaurus, gets a two count. Perry tosses the chair on Luchasaurus's head before hitting an unprettier on Luchasaurus onto one of the flat chairs, but gets a two count. Perry tried to choke Luchasaurus with the middle rope before going uh, for a move off the chair. Luchasaurus caught him midair, hits a huge choke slam on Perry onto the standing chair. Perry kicks out at two. Luchasaurus grabs Perry, places him back to the top rope, goes for a back suplex, but Perry hits elbow strikes before hitting an avalanche sliced bread on Luchasaurus off the top rope. Luchasaurus and Perry propped back up uh, both at the same time. You know how uh, Undertaker and Kane sit up after a huge uh, move where it looks like they're toast. Both of them sit up at the same time. Then get up. Luchasaurus hits a headbutt on Perry. Luchasaurus hits a punch on Perry, but uh, Perry is now determined uh, to, <clears throat> you know, not deal with it. And uh, Luchasaurus is yelling at Perry to stay down. Perry continues to get back up, lays in open palm strikes to uh, and some punches as well. And Luchasaurus before hitting a pile driver on Luchasaurus again a two count. Perry sets up the table, gets Luchasaurus in a sleeper hold, but Luchasaurus reverses it, hits a tombstone pile driver, and then a tombstone face slam on Perry. Again, a near fall. Luchasaurus picks the table back up, goes for razor's edge on Perry, but Perry locked in the sleeper hold and Luchasaurus before placing Luchasaurus onto the table. Perry then hits a, a few chair shots of Luchasaurus's face before Perry climbs up to the top of the cage. A la HBK, Perry hits a leaping elbow drop on Luchasaurus off the cage onto the table before Perry got Luchasaurus in the snare trap submission hold. Nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. Luchasaurus taps out, gives Perry the submission for the victory there that one was pretty good as well your thoughts you know it sounds like a good match although what's the point of putting them in a cage if they're just going to get out of the cage i mean let's let's be clear you you have a cage match so people can't get out or get in but if you're just going to get out in the planning of it then why do it you know it's well, it's part key, of the, right? Why, right? But why? I mean, it's just what's the point, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyway, um, cheers. Woo! <laughs> All right, congratulations on <clears throat> number two. So the next match on the card. It's match number five, Death Triangle, which is pack a bastard. Penta El Zero Miedo and Rey Rey Phoenix versus the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, accompanied by Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. 
This match was 18 minutes, 40 seconds long. It is for the AEW World Trios Championship in a six-man tag team match. For this match, I chose the Elite because, well, they um, have been uh, airing promos about the Elite coming back and showing up and it's their first I, match back. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised, Kidder. I, 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 in fact, here, here's the thing, Kidder. We both know uh, your favorite guy is CM Punk and that yep. uh, he uh, is no longer with the company due to the fight with the elite. And I know you've harbored some feelings against the elite. So the last thing I would have expected was for you to pick the elite. So, Kidder, here's a half shot penalty because. I, I mean, I was clearly wrong on that one. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. For the for all clarity, F the elite. I think it's bullshit anyway, and I don't like them. And I figured, you know, what better way for them to come back than to be gifted a championship shot and let alone a shot, but the championship. So might as well choose them because it's kind of a gimme. Yeah, I uh, I see. And I was going to and I, I still will. I was I was going to pick the elite uh, not because of like favoritism or that, but because they were the, uh, you know, initial trios champion. To me, it only makes sense. You know, you put the title back on them and have whatever the run was that you always wanted to have with them in the championship. So that's that's my logic. More of like, hey, we're picking up where we left off. Not, you know, any favoritism. So if the so elite, I also have the elite. <laughs> this is great. We're both picking the elite, but for totally different reasons. <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about great content, but yeah, we'll we'll go with it. So we, we uh, have uh, again, as I'm watching this, Death Triangle comes out first with some really cool looking uh, ring gear. They get to the ring and then, of course, uh, it goes dark and there's a video promo that plays of sorts. <laughs> and it's uh, the clock ticking and then kind of a poem of sorts. It, it was all right. And then Lights come up, and you can see the three of them standing at the top of the ring, and it's Carry On Wayward Son playing by Kansas. Yes, the elite came to the ring with Carry On Wayward Son. Uh, on top of it, they made their way down to the ring with some uh, flame pots flying, and as I mentioned, accompanied by... Brandon Cutler, Michael Nakazawa, and Don Callis. Don Callis ended up going to join the booth for commentary during the match. So, right away, pack and Omega began the match. Two locked up before exchanging waist locks and wrist locks. Uh, by the way, the crowd was chanting FCM Punk. So, clearly a bunch of wrestling idiots pack then leaned Omega on the corner before hitting a kick on the abdomen of Omega. 
Omega hit a sliding drop kick, went for a face slam, but Pac stood on his feet, booted Omega in the face before sliding out of the ring to taunt Omega. Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix tagged in for Omega and Pac before the two locked up. The two flipped and invaded each other's offense inside and outside the ring before Nick hit a drop kick on Phoenix. Phoenix rolled back into the ring, went for a cutter, but the two evaded kicks before Phoenix hit a spinning heel kick, to which Nick responded with a spinning roundhouse kick. Penta and Matt tagged in, and those two started hitting stereo boots on each other. Well, Phoenix and Nick exchanged boot kicks as well. The four then hit stereo thrust kicks and kicked each other before the four uh, kipped up and butted heads. It was a pretty cool moment in the match. The Jacksons hit thrust kicks in Penta and Phoenix before hitting a double thrust kick on Pack as he slid out of the ring. Penta got back up, hit a chop on Omega. The Jacksons hit a double enziguri kick on Penta before Omega hit a Hurricane Rana on the former Impact World Champion. Phoenix got in the ring, hit a spinning heel kick on Omega, but the Jacksons hit an uh, assisted Hurricane Rana on Phoenix. Nick hit a flossbury dive on Pac before drinking a shot or a shoot Coca-Cola from a fan on the outside. Yeah. I was like, why? Why is he drinking a, 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 a Coke? right now but anyway uh, omega got penta in a fireman's carry hit pack in a sliding drop kick on omega's knee pack tagged in laid in stomps before phoenix penta and pack hit a triple shotgun drop kick on omega for a two count penta hit a vicious chop on omega before pack tagged in and hit body slam on omega pack got under the top rope went for a dive but omega hit a dry a diving lariat on pack before tagging in matt matt was able to hit northern light suplexes on penta and phoenix but phoenix responded into a wheelbarrow into a shotgun drop kick into matt jackson's for a, a near fall yes uh matt then hit a drop kick on penta but pack tagged it back in slammed matt in the corner phoenix tagged in Hit a vicious chop on Matt, but Matt responded with a wheelbarrow face slam on Phoenix before tagging Nick. Nick hit two lariats, a running knee, and a bulldog on Pack before hitting the Escalera into the uh, <coughs> Tiras on Phoenix and Penta. Nick teased punching Pack before tagging in Omega. Omega booted Pack before going on a Snapdragon suplex. Uh, fiesta between Pac and Penta. Omega then ran the ropes, hit the Tope Congiro on Penta and Pac on the outside. Penta went for a move, but Phoenix caught him and went for the Escalera. Matt hit a DDT off the top rope into the apron as he shouted, See you in hell! Yeah, it's getting crazy. Penta and Nick then got on the top rope before Nick hit a Frankensteiner on Penta onto Matt, Phoenix, Pack, and Omega. Now they're back in the ring. Omega hit the uh, Ushigoshiri. Uh, I, I cannot say that. Uh, the <laughs> Ushigoroshi. 
Ushi Garoshi. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not drunk enough for this. Kid, 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 do, you need, do, you need, do you need some? Do you need? Do you need some? I, I, I got. I got my own thing. I'm hmm. struggling through. The rating on this keeps getting getting lower. <laughs> I started at like a solid three, and right now I'm at like a one one seven five. Anyway, the Ushigororishi. No. Ushigoroshi. <laughs> Let's just skip that. He hit pack with it, okay? <clears throat> Near fall. Son of a bitch. Um, <clears throat> goes for the V trigger. Pack evades it. Hits a released German German suit. German German suit. That is a German suplex on Omega. Then Pack, Phoenix, and Penta got the Jacksons and Omega to hit the stereo tombstones before Phoenix hit a splash off Penta's shoulder, which then Penta took advantage, hitting the Canadian destroyer on a mat off of Phoenix's back. Phoenix hit a rolling cutter on Nick before Pack hit the black arrow off the top rope into the brutalizer on Omega, but Nick broke the hold. Phoenix and Penta tossed Jacksons onto the outside before hitting stereo Topis Congiro on the Jacksons. Phoenix hit a spring rope spinning heel kick followed by a top rope into a coup de gras on Kenny Omega. Pack tossed a hammer into the ring for Phoenix and demanded that Phoenix hit Kenny Omega with it, but Phoenix threw the hammer back to Pack. Omega ended up catching Phoenix with the distraction, hit a V trigger on him before hitting the Tiger Driver on Phoenix for a near fall. Penta hit sling blades on Omega and the Jacksons, but they responded with a triple super kick onto Penta. Matt hit a Poison Rana on Phoenix before the Elite hit the BTE trigger on Phoenix for a two count. Matt and Nick hit the top rope moves as Pac as he grabs the hammer. Omega goes for the one-winged angel. Pac sneaks the hammer onto Phoenix's hand. Phoenix bashes Omega with the hammer, reverses that, and uh, gets the victory roll for a one, two, three, and a shocking title retention. Your winners and still the AEW Trios champions, Death Triangle, after an 18-minute, 40-second match. I mean, it sounds like an elite match. I mean, lots of spots, pretty high-intense energy. Um, surprising that they lost. I would have thought that, you know, especially with the crowd cheering the way they were cheering, you would have thought they would have just put it on the elite and made them heroes. But, yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I was shocked, and, man, that was a good shock. <laughs> I I almost forgot, kid. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to do a shot when I get one wrong. So, um for those uh, playing along at home, this is uh, shot, what, three? Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. Anyway, cheers, Kidder. Cheers. 
Cheers to your shot. You know, kidder getting wasted. What? The, the other Saturday. Uh, yes, and the uh, the other interesting thing, kidder, is I, I'm working on uh, cleaning mold lines off a model. Mm-hmm. So not only am I doing shots every time I get this rock, but I'm playing around with an exacto knife. Sweet. If we only knew the number for nine one one. I I know. <laughs> Next on the card. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep this moving before either of us get drunk or add more agitated. Uh, <clears throat> this is uh, for the uh, uh, what the hell match TBS Championship match. I I almost forgot because you know they have one for each of the channels that they're on. So this is Jade Cargill uh, with Kira Hogan and Layla Gray versus Nyla Rose. With Marina Shafir and Vicky Guerrero, it was eight minutes exactly. Oh, you know what? Before we really move on, I do want to throw this in that it was announced right after the trios championship match that if you liked that or you didn't, too bad because you get more of it. And not just one match, a rematch, not just two matches. It is a best of seven series over the next uh, seven main shows. And um, there's a graphic for it. You can read it for yourself. Best of seven. So so it's going to be Death Triangle versus the Elite best of seven? Allegedly. I don't know if it's for the title the whole time, as in the one who wins the, the, the best of seven gets the championship, or if it was just tonight for the championship. I would assume that in the best of seven that the winner would then keep or get the championship. Yeah, you, you would think that. That now makes it interesting and slightly complicated. Mm-hmm. So, but... Uh, yeah, huh? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is this going to end up like the last best of seven series that was really big, where they eventually form one large super group after it? You know, <clears throat> much like no. Cesaro and Sheamus formed the bar. No, because the bar was good. <laughs> I like the bar. They beat the shit out of each other for like two months, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? We should beat up everybody else because we're good at that." Let's do it. The bar reunited at Sheamus's wedding. Well, <clears throat> anyway, we're back to the uh, TBS championship match. Now, the background on this is Nyla Rose has been feuding with Jade Cargill, not really in a match sense at all, but in the sense that at one of the signings, Jade uh, Cargill had her championship and Nyla Rose stole the belt. And has had the belt since and has been tormenting the baddies and Jade Cargill. So now they have it. <clears throat> have this match. I chose Jade Cargill. Um, yeah, that's who I was going to go with, too, because she's still unbeaten. And I don't think you'd. To have her lose it here. Interesting, though, that you have her uh, as a normal heel. Basically being out healed 
Does that make her the face? It just makes everything more confusing. <clears throat> Who's booking this crap? Did is is did Vince go all elite? I I I yeah. Anyway, confirmed. That's the new title for this. Confirmed. Vince McMahon is all elite. All elite. <laughs> Hope our graphics department can make something for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I probably can. I mean, I uh, uh, the graphics department might already have the template for blank is all elite, you know, so it's just a matter of <laughs> getting a cut out of, uh, of Vince and putting his this, name on there. It, I mean, it, it hmm. we're this talking trash can is all elite. <laughs> I mean, it, five minutes, I could come up with something, I, you know, it's uh, this. This match is about the same as this. So this this mojito is now all elite. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what crazy thing it was that we called out as being all elite that I had to make that graphic in the first or find that graphic in the first place. Hey, if you want to find out, go back, watch all of the uh, episodes of uh, Beer Blues MBS and probably all the wrestling reviews. And, and yeah, help us out. Drop us a comment so we know what the hell we're doing. Please, please help us, especially if you've made it this far in the video. <clears throat> um, all right. So both of us going with Jade Cargill again. Eight minutes is this match. So without further ado, here we go. Right away. <clears throat> two things to mention. First of all, Jade Cargill made her way to the ring. Uh, normally she has a uh, specialty wrestling gear setup and she came out looking like uh, a cheetah I, I, I want to say from some comic book maybe the DC world can't remember <laughs> but uh, there was that uh, the second part of it was that uh, Nyla Rose uh, came around the ramp in a low rider, a la Vicky Guerrero's uh, late husband, Eddie Guerrero. And v Vicky was wearing uh, an I'm your poppy shirt. So nice uh, shout out to the late, great Eddie Guerrero. All right. We're in the ring. <clears throat> we're going. Nyla Rose hits a lariat on uh, Hogan on the outside. Yeah, I know we're we're not there yet. Uh, Jade attacks Rose on the outside. Then they throw each other into the ring. They officially start the match. Cargill stomps away at Rose. Rose goes for a, uh, went running, and uh, Cargill sidestepped Rose to send her to the outside. Cargill hits a pump kick to send Rose over the barricade. The two continued brawling outside the ring before Rose slammed Cargill into the stairs. Now back in the ring, Rose hit a corner splash, followed by two body slams on Cargill before hitting a running splash on Cargill for a two count. Rose hits a cannonball on Cargill in the corner before firing away with some stomps and punches on Cargill. Cargill was able to hit a boot kick on Rose before climbing to the middle rope. 
Rose took down Cargill and hit a neck breaker on Cargill for a near fall again. Rose gets up, goes for a suplex, but instead she placed Cargill on the top rope, climbs up to the top rope before hitting the diving knee drop on Cargill for again a two count. Rose goes for the beast bomb, but Cargill escapes the move, hits an elbow strike on Rose. Both get back up to their feet. Cargill hits a beast bomb on Rose, but Rose kicks out at two. Cargill then goes for jaded, but Rose reverses it. Rose gets back up, hits jaded on Cargill, gets a two count. Rose goes to the top rope, goes for a senton, but Cargill evades, hits a nasty pump kick on Rose. Cargill gets up. Rose gets up. Hits jaded on Rose and hits the pin one, two, and three. Your winner and still the TBS champion, Jade Cargill. <clears throat> Eight minutes for that match. I don't know that I got many feelings on this one, Kidder. I, I, you know, the problem with having somebody on an undefeated streak is, yeah, when is the streak going to get broken? It's kind of the the big question, but it just kind of makes it predictable. You kind of know that they're going to go this way for quite a while. <clears throat> There's that. Next on the card is for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, and it is a fatal four-way match featuring the Ring of Honor champion, Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, Sammy Guevara, and your choice. I pick Chris Jericho. This is a tough one. You know, but there's just too many good talent in here who would all be great with this title. I mean, Jericho's done an excellent job with the title. Maybe you keep it on him. I like, you know, Brian Danielson. You know, one of my favorites. And, you know, uh, whatever Cesaro's name is, I... <laughs> Claudio Castagnoli. Um, that, I mean, he's a great talent, too, and has a chance to do good things and, with this. And had the um, and, championship and lost it to Jericho. Yeah. yeah um, I think they're going to leave it on Jericho, truthfully. I, I, I think that they're, you know, they purchased Ring of Honor. They need to make it a big thing. Putting it on Jericho, letting him kind of have this run and build it. It, I mean, it's not a bad idea. So I'll I'll stick with Jericho. Here we are. <clears throat> right away. They all came down to the ring. Their own entrances. Of course, Jericho coming down at the uh, end. Match begins. Claudio goes right after Jericho as Danielson goes for Guevara. Claudio slams Jericho into the barricade before firing away uppercuts on Jericho. Guevara was sent to the outside with a flag toss by Danielson before Danielson hit a tope suicida on Guevara. Jericho slams Danielson onto the apron before the two end up getting back into the ring. Jericho and Danielson exchange chops before Claudio gets into the ring. Now Danielson and Claudio fire away with uppercuts and Jericho before hit more uppercuts on Guevara. Danielson and Claudio took turns taking out Jericho and Guevara into the corners. The two shook hands before the two locked eyes and agreed to uppercut each other in the ring. Yeah, 
Danielson reversed an uppercut into an arm bar on Claudio, but Claudio rolled over and went for a power bomb. Danielson reversed it into a sunset flip as the two exchanged pins with each other before Jericho booted Claudio in the head and broke the pin. Claudio and Brian got a flapjack on Jericho before locking in a double Boston crab on Jericho. The question, of course, being if Jericho taps, who wins? Which is a good question. We didn't find out, though, because Guevara broke the hold with a double cutter for a near fall on the two. Guevara and Jericho end up hitting a double shoulder tackle on Claudio before posing for the crowd in the middle of the ring, then getting up clotheslining Claudio to the outside. Guevara and Jericho hit a delayed double vertical suplex on Danielson before Jericho and Guevara fired away with punches on Danielson. Jericho got Danielson in a Death Valley driver and instructed Guevara to back away, but Danielson kicked out of the pin. Guevara and Jericho fired away with chops on Danielson before the two took turns and hit corner lariats on Danielson. But Danielson evaded and hit a forearm strike on Guevara and Jericho. Danielson hit the yes kicks on Jericho and Guevara before Danielson got a near fall on Guevara. Danielson hit some chops and chest kicks on Guevara in the corner before attempting a Frankensteiner on Guevara. But Guevara landed on his feet, hit the standing Spanish fly, and Danielson, uh, right before Jericho, hit the lion salt on both Danielson and Guevara for a two count. Claudio gets back into the ring at this point, hits gut wrench before going for this Cesaro, wait a minute, the Claudio swing. Jericho comes on in and uh, <clears throat> breaks it up, though. Yeah. Uh, he got a few swings in on Guevara, but ends up uh, hitting an up kick. And Claudia responded with a double stomp of Jericho. Claudia went for a springboard move, but Jericho caught him midair with a code breaker. Guevara broke up the pin as Jericho stared him down. The two exchanged strikes before Guevara hit a back elbow and a code breaker on Jericho for a near fall. Guevara then went for the lion tamer on Jericho, but Jericho turned Guevara over and locked in the walls of Jericho. Danielson went for a shotgun dropkick on Jericho, but Jericho locked in the Boston Crab on Danielson. Claudio got back in the ring, booted Jericho twice before hitting a brain buster and locking in the sharpshooter on Jericho as Danielson locked in the LaBelle lock on Jericho as well, bringing in the question again, if he taps, who wins the belt? Well, Guevara's there to superkick Claudio and Danielson. Guevara and Jericho embrace, but Guevara then hits a huge GTH on Jericho, followed by a shooting star press, but Jericho kicks out at two. Guevara then hits anvil elbows on Danielson, but Danielson was unfazed as he rises from the mat, hits a bunch of slaps on Guevara, before Claudio tosses Guevara onto Jericho to the outside. But now Danielson caught Claudio with the psycho knee on Claudio, gets a two count. Danielson, Claudio exchange anvil elbow strikes before Claudio gets up and hits him again, goes for a pop-up uppercut, but Danielson reverses it with a backslide and a two count. Claudio pops up, 
hits a lariat on Danielson for a near fall. Claudio and Danielson go to the top rope, go for an avalanche move, but Guevara comes in, hits an avalanche cutter on Claudio and a Spanish fly on Danielson. Danielson rolls over, locks in the LaBelle lock on Guevara. Claudio hits a series of uppercuts on Jericho and the neutralizer on Danielson, but Guevara hits a dive on Claudio to the outside of the ring. Then gets back into the ring. Claudio ends up hitting an uppercut on Guevara for a near fall. Guevara gets a roll up on Claudio for a re- another near fall here. And uh, easy for you to say to which Claudio then responds by hitting the giant swing and Guevara Jericho ends up catching him with a Judas effect on Claudio. It was a crazy move. Jericho goes and uh, hits another Judas effect. Rolls him up for a one, two, and three. And winner and still Ring of Honor champion, Chris Jericho. <laughs> he muted himself. He blew it up. Or his computer blew up. I, yes, I had muted myself. Um, uh, Mostly because I was digging in drawers. I didn't want to, you know, ruin the sound quality and forgot to unmute. Uh, no, Kidder, I was saying... um. That uh, this uh, it sounds like a good match. I like the fact that you you had in this uh, basically tag team partners, and so you had some of that drama of working together and yet competing um, and such. So sounds like this was a good match. So uh, yeah, that match, and I got it right. Way. So I don't have to drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He almost did anyway. <laughs> that uh, was 21 minutes and 30 seconds, in case you're keeping track. Next on the card, Soraya, her triumphant return to the ring versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I choose Paige. <clears throat> Soraya. I, uh, I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker. I, I understand it probably the bad choice in this because um, everybody's going to be cheering for Paige, but uh, you can't have all the good guys win. So I'm, I'm going to choose Britt Baker to continue being strong and dominant. Well, here we go. This match, <clears throat> 12 minutes, 30 seconds. Uh, Soraya comes out to the ring first. And of course, uh, ring song zombified here we go the two lock up in the middle Soraya slams Baker repeatedly onto the mat before Breaker uh, Baker not Braun Breaker no confusion here Britt Baker leans Soraya into the ropes Baker gets a headlock on Soraya before hitting the shoulder tackle on, on Soraya Soraya held her neck but popped back up as a tease to taunt Baker. Soraya got Baker in a headlock before hitting a thrust kick on Baker to send her to the outside of the ring. Soraya goes for a sliding drop kick, but Baker catches her in the apron with a twisted neck breaker on Soraya off the apron on that repaired neck. Baker got on a, uh, a cravat on Soraya in front of Soraya's brother, just to taunt him because he was ringside. They get back into the ring. Baker got a lateral press on Soraya for a near fall. 
Baker keeps targeting Soraya's neck at this point before it hits a forearm strike. Now, Baker placed Soraya in the middle rope and hit a neck breaker, and Soraya gets a two count once again. Baker uh, ends up uh, going for the globe and goes for the lock job, but Soraya pops back up before Baker hit another neck breaker on Soraya. Two count. Baker continues to fire away at Soraya's neck before Soraya got out of the ring. Now outside the ring, Soraya hits an electric chair face slam and a crossbody on the apron on Baker to regain some momentum. Soraya got herself and Baker back in the ring, gets a two count on Baker. Baker and Soraya exchanged some strikes before Soraya hit three shorthand lariats on Baker. Again, two count. Soraya hits a running back elbow on Baker in the corner before stomping away at Baker in the corner. Baker went for a twisting neck breaker, but Soraya hit the nightcap on Baker. Thought it was over. Nope, that's a two count. Soraya goes for the DDT, but Baker reverses, goes for the lock jaw before Soraya can get to the ropes and get that rope break. Baker hits the air raid crash for a near fall, which looked pretty nasty. But Baker quickly responds with a curb stomp on Soraya for, again, two count. Soraya gets onto the top rope, but Baker comes up to the top as well. Goes for the avalanche air raid crash, but Soraya reverses it with a sunset bomb on Baker. Two count. Soraya got Baker and hits a DDT on Baker for, again, another near fall. Soraya then puts Baker in the clover leaf, but Baker gets the rope break before tossing Soraya into the corner. Soraya gets the full Nelson on Baker, and again, Baker reverses that, gets the lockjaw in place. Baker and Soraya exchange pins at this point because uh, Soraya was able to get out of the lockjaw before Soraya hits a thrust kick and knee strike on Baker. Again, a two count. Baker ends up getting the fisherman's neck breaker and a curb stomp on Soraya, but Soraya kicks out at two. Baker goes for another air raid crash, but Soraya rolls over, hits another knee strike for a two count. Soraya hits two rampage DDTs on Baker, and then that's for the pin there. One, two, and three. Your winner, Soraya. I also think that uh, it's interesting because there's no name officially granted for Soraya's uh, DDT in AEW. So it in WWE was the Rampage, as in her name, DDT. So take that as you will. Like Howard is getting ready to take his shots. Yep. Um, I kind of knew that was probably a bad pick, but you know, yeah, yeah. So, cheers. I'm uh, I'm getting down on the old ice hole there, uh, Kidder. <laughs> what runs out first, Howard's sobriety or the ice hole? Stay tuned to find out. All right. Next on the match card list is <clears throat> a triple threat match, a three-way match, if you will, for the AEW TNT Championship. This is nine minutes, 55 seconds long, featuring your champion, 
Wardlow versus Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor television champion, and powerhouse Hobbs. I chose Wardlow to retain. Yeah, I think Wardlow is going to retain as well. Um, I mean, I just don't think that powerhouse Hobbs is quite in that position to beat Wardlow, not with how they've built Wardlow. And uh, Samoa Joe doesn't need the title. So I also pick Wardlow. <clears throat> All right, here we go. This is match number number nine of 13. We're cruising along at the speed of smell. Here we go. Right away, Wardlow goes after Hobbs and then goes after Joe. Wardlow and Joe brawl on the outside before Wardlow tosses Joe into the ring post, but Hobbs attacks Wardlow from behind, slamming Wardlow's face into the stairs. They get back into the ring. Hobbs hits vertical suplex on Wardlow with ease before Joe comes to the ring and hits some chops on Hobbs. But Hobbs responds with back elbow hits on Joe. Hobbs places Wardlow at the top turnbuckle and hits two chops on him before hitting a T-bone suplex on Joe. Hobbs launched Wardlow to the corner with an Irish whip and tried to send Wardlow, but Wardlow reversed it with a shocking whisper in the wind on Hobbs and Joe. It amazed the shit out of uh, the commentary team. Wardlow hit a singling uh, lariat on uh, and a swanton bomb onto Hobbs, but Joe responded by hitting a running senton on Hobbs and Wardlow. Joe hits a running elbow strike, a leaping enziguri kick, and a running boot on Hobbs in the corner. Joe hit an atomic drop, a running boot, and a running senton on Wardlow for a two count. Joe got Hobbs in a front guillotine, but Wardlow broke the hold by hitting a shoulder tackle on Joe, causing Hobbs to land on a DDT from Joe. Wardlow hits an Alabama slam and a one-hand spine buster from Joe on the near fall. Wardlow and Hobbs brawl now on the outside before Joe hit the tope suicida onto both of them. Joe went for a power bomb on Wardlow, but Hobbs darted past Joe with a shoulder tackle onto the barricade and a standing chair on the background. Uh, the, now they get back into the ring. Hobbs hits the spine buster on Wardlow, gets a two count. Wardlow gets up, hammers Hobbs, goes for the F10, but Hobbs turns it around, goes for a power, power slam, that is. Wardlow escaped with the two consecutive power bombs on Hobbs. Wardlow orchestrates the power bomb symphony, hits another power bomb, but now Joe gets in, hits Wardlow with the TNT championship without the official looking before Joe locks in the coquina clutch on a prone Hobbs for a tap out victory. That's right, the submission victory. Now, your new TNT champion. That is Samoa Joe. He is the first man to hold an AEW and Ring of Honor title at the same time in history. I mean, to some degree, 
that fits our category for the DraftKings screw finish of the night. Kind of. I mean, it's unexpected, but yeah. Oh, and uh, thanks, Joe. Thanks. Kidder, when I thought of this idea, I wasn't expecting to do this poorly. <clears throat> well, you pick the good ones, don't you? <laughs> As in, pick the show to do it. <sighs> All right. So now we're backstage. Tony Schiavone is interviewing Jake Hager and Chris Jericho before they get interrupted. Well, it's the AW All-Atlantic champion, Orange Cassidy. He reveals that his friend, Tomohiro Ishii, wants a shot at the Ring of Honor Championship this Wednesday in Dynamite. Jericho ran down Ishii before accepting Ishii's challenge. Cassidy then challenged Jake Hager for an All-Atlantic Championship match, and Hager accepted. Hager admired Orange Cassidy's backpack, and Orange Cassidy admired Jake Hager's purple hat. Next on the list, a no DQ match. Staying with Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt and four Sting Druids. Yes, there were four Sting Druids that accompanied Jeff Jarrett to the ring. Uh, this match, 11 minutes on the nose. I pick Darby Allen and Sting. I mean, that's uh, that's a good choice, Kidder. That's a good choice. But, you know, they just brought Jeff Jarrett in. I think they're trying to get uh, a little bit of build. And uh, honestly, I mean, like Sting and Darby don't necessarily need the push. So, you know what? I'm going to go with J-A-double-R. I've had too much to actually do this. Uh, I'm going with Jarrett. <laughs> J-E-double-F. J A double R E double T double J. Jeff Jarrett. I, I, her, I'm, I said, I, I'm nearly out of this stuff, so I might have to make a B double E double R U N beer run. Um, we'll see. Or go to something harder. Do you have the money for it? Mm. I mean, all I need is a 10 or a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver, so. For a B-double-E-double-R-U-N beer run. <laughs> um, glad we could work that into a show. That's not even our normal show. Because <laughs> I don't think we've ever worked that into our regular show. Uh, we did once. Oh, okay. Very, very early on. I guess in the first 10 episodes. Just not that good, apparently. All right, so this is, again, a no-DQ match. It's a tag team match, which tag matches don't make any sense for no-DQ because you don't need to tag in a no-DQ. Uh, anyway, it's 11 minutes long, <clears throat> and away we go. Jeff brings out the guitar, and as we've talked about on our regular show, the Beer, Blues, and BS uh, podcast. We've talked about when Darby Allen got smoked by Jeff Jarrett when he showed up. 
and laid in a pool like a swimming pool of blood. So here we go. Jay Lethal and the Sting Druids come out and there's a body bag laying on the ramp. There's some uh, pyro that kind of goes off. Darby Allen runs out, attacks Jay Lethal and the Druids as Sting is standing behind Jeff Jarrett. So the match officially starts at this point with Jarrett begging Sting not to attack him as the crowd chants TNA. Sting and Allen double-team Jarrett before Lethal makes it back into the ring. Allen hits a shoulder tackle off the apron onto Jarrett before Sting slams Lethal onto the apron. Sting brawled with Lethal on the ringside as Allen hit a suplex on Jarrett on the ramp area. Allen got a ladder, set it up on the ramp before going for a coffin drop on Jarrett, but Satnam Singh... Came out of nowhere, carried Allen onto the ramp and hit the razor's edge on Allen on the ramp. Singh chased down to the uh, crowd area to get Sting. And then uh, Sting ended up punching Lethal off the crowd wall, but Singh caught Lethal. Uh, by the way, with the no DQ, this was also apparently a no count outs because they were going all over the place around the uh, the ring there. <clears throat> Jarrett got back on the ramp and hit a chair shot on Darby. Now they get back into the ring. Jarrett stomps on Allen again before launching him with an Irish whip and hitting a running leg drop onto the middle rope, followed by a lariat on Allen. Lethal tagged in, which again, a tag, which whatever uh he hits the uh, abdominal stretch on allen but allen broke the hold with a hip toss before the two butted heads sting tagged in hit some lariats on lethal and jarrett before hitting the stinger splash on both lethal and jarrett sting got a back elbow and jarrett in there uh, before locking in the scorpion death lock on jarrett now at this point <clears throat> Dot punched Sting, but Sing saw Sting. <laughs> he was unfazed. Hit the choke slam on Sting for Jarrett to get a two count. Allen and Lethal tag in at this point. The two exchange strikes before Lethal caught Allen off the coffin splash and then hit the lethal combination on Allen. Two count. Jarrett goes up the and tries to hit Allen with the guitar, but Allen evades and hit the flipping stunner on Lethal, which was really cool. Allen went for the coffin drop, but this time Jarrett catches a midair, blasts him with the freaking guitar. Jarrett celebrated, but Allen did a kip up, fired away with elbow strikes on Lethal and Jarrett before hitting a coffin splash onto both of them. Sing comes into the ring at this point, but Sting kicks him, kicks his leg before uh, he, he's trying to hold him. Allen ends up hitting a coffin drop as 
Sting is trying to hit the Scorpion Death Drop, so they do a Coffin Drop and Scorpion Death Drop at the same time on Sing to lay him out. Rolls out of the ring. Allen hits the Tope Suicida on Jarrett to the outside before Sting catches Jay Lethal midair with a Scorpion Death Drop. Allen gets up to the top rope and... Hits the coffin drop onto Jay Lethal. Gets the pin. One, two, and three. Sting and Darby Allen pick up the victory after 11 minutes of official back-and-forth competition. And again, I have to remind people because, you know, sometimes you forget as you watch people on TV. Sting... Well, he's like 64, 62, something like that. And he's flying off the vomitories and, and things like dude is just insane. Jumping from elevated areas onto people like that's concrete. That man's got a family. <clears throat> Your thoughts are I, I mean, uh, you know, he's uh I, I think that part of it is he doesn't wrestle enough where it's necessarily doing like a ton. You know, it, if you were working, say, like the WWE schedule, you know, you're probably working so many matches that, you know, Sting probably would get hurt. So I'm sure this yeah. is your. Yeah. So I'm sure that this schedule, you know, when you only have to do a few matches, you really only have to take a few bumps. I think that helps him out. But, uh, uh, you know, cheers to Sting in his continued career. Oh, Kidder, I got about enough for like one. So make your your choices <coughs> wise as we continue. How, how many uh, matches we got left? <laughs> well, that was number 10. So we have three left. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Next on the docket. This is for the AEW Interim Women, Women's World Championship. Your champion, Tony Storm, facing the challenger, Jamie Hayter. I picked uh, Tony Storm to retain because she's had it for a little bit. Uh, I, too, am going to pick Tony Storm, Kidder, because uh, she hasn't had it for all that long, so it seems kind of early to take it off her. Tony Storm, <sighs> to hopefully keep me from drinking more ice hole. <laughs> well, <clears throat> he's locked in. It's a singles match for the interim AEW Women's World Championship. This match is 15 minutes long, and they're off. <clears throat> the crowd very much behind Hater here as they start out. The two lock up, then break it up, and then lock up. Storm got a Headlock on Hater, but Hater got a headlock of her own on Storm before Storm reversed it with a hammer lock. Hater hit a side headlock takedown on Storm, but Storm slid out of it, locked in a headlock before hitting a shoulder tackle. Hater hit a headbutt on Storm before going for the ripcord lariat before Storm evaded it. Storm hit a running shotgun dropkick before hitting a vicious hip attack, and Hater sent her off the apron to the outside. Storm hammered away from at Hater on the outside before Hater dragged Storm into the barricade. 
Hader tried to slam Storm onto the post, but Storm pushed Hader into the ring post before hitting a chop on Hader. Storm went for another chop, but Hader evaded before slamming Storm into the barricade repeatedly. Now they get back into the ring, and Hader taunted the basically the fact that uh, the crowd's delight and was really excited for Hader to be in this match. Uh, Hader hit two snack jackhammers on Storm, gets a two count. Hader leans her boot on Storm's neck before firing away with some chops on Storm and connecting a shoulder tackle on Storm. Again, a two count. Hater hit a snapmare into a sleeper hold on Storm before slamming Storm straight to the mat, pushing the referee for annoying her. Hater apologized to the referee by shaking his hand while booting Storm at the same time. Very talented. Storm and Hater exchanged strikes before Storm hit the Thes press on Hater. Hey, it's Austin 316, damn it. No, it's Jamie Hater, followed by a vicious hip attack on Hater into the ring corner. Storm gets the momentum now with a diving crossbody on Hater from the top rope. Two count. Storm evaded Hater's lariat attempt and hit a tornado DDT on Hater for again a two count. Hater and Storm exchanged forearm strikes before Storm had a headbutt on Hater and landed on top of Hater for, again, a two-count. Well, guess what? Rebel sneaked out here from the ramp to join the match from ringside as Hater and Storm exchanging strikes before Storm and Hater hit consecutive elbow strikes onto Storm. Hater fired away with elbow strikes on Storm before Rebel clocked Hater with the title. Uh, you also have to know that at this point, the official, of course, is not paying attention. Well, Hater hit the uh, Ushigarishi and a sliding lariat on Storm for, again, a two count. After the referee kicked Rebel out of the match, Storm hit the ripcord lariat on Hater, a very close two count. Hater evaded Storm's hip attack attempt. <clears throat> before Baker, yes, Britt Baker comes out of nowhere and hits the curb stomp on Tony Storm. Hater got Storm back into the ring, hits the pile driver on Storm. It's a two count. Storm gets back up, evades Hater's lariat attempt in a Storm Zero for another two count. Now, Hater hits a backbreaker on Storm, gets a near fall with Baker's distraction before firing away elbow strikes on Storm in the corner. Storm launched Hater into the corner as Britt Baker now climbs up to the turnbuckle. Well, Storm launches Baker off of the top turnbuckle, but Jamie Hater slams Storm into the exposed turnbuckle that Britt Baker is messing with before hitting the ripcord layered on Storm and... Uh, Rolls her up for a one, two, and yes, three. Your new interim AEW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hater. And uh, Howard is going to hate her because <clears throat> he got drink again. Yep. And uh, Kinder, that's going to finish the ice hole. Um, we got two matches left. Mm hmm. 
I'm gonna have to come up with something here. Mm-hmm. I, I I I had not planned on being this terrible tonight. Um, or so, drinking uh, a quarter bottle of alcohol. Yeah. Um, I have an idea of what I can do, but uh, let me let me uh, get this down. Well, yeah. Um, we'll we'll make the next predictions, Kidder, and then I'll uh, I'll I'll run and get my solution to this. Um, All right. Well, what's what's next? <laughs> next match is for the AEW Tag Team Championship of the World. It is the acclaimed versus uh, Swerve in Our Glory, which is Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. I pick the acclaimed because the acclaimed have arrived. Uh. Kidder, as much as I find the acclaimed highly annoying, um, <laughs> they seem to be over. So I, I'm gonna hope. I am so gonna hope because I, I, I know what my, uh, <laughs> my, my backup is here. Uh, I'm gonna hope. Acclaimed, don't you let me down. Don't you let me down. I'm choosing the acclaimed, Kidder. <clears throat> Scissor me, Howard. No. <laughs> no. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, the acclaimed uh, come out second, and they uh, have their normal rap, which was a little bit longer, which was also pretty good. So tonight, Billy Gunn stayed in the back because he didn't want to create any extra distraction or anything because of how much he wants to uh, kick the crap out of Swerve Strickland for taking the players to his fingers. So crowd is chanting, scissor me daddy, despite Billy Gunn's absence. The two teams exchange strikes before Bowens hits a hurricane run on Lee before he and Caster clotheslined Lee out of the ring. Caster hits an arm drag, a drop kick, and a body slam on Swerve before Bowens tags in and hits scissor me timbers on Swerve. Bowens stomped away on Swerve in the corner before Swerve attacked Bowens in the corner. At this point, Lee tagged in, hit a body slam on Bowens before Swerve attacked Caster and slammed him across the barricades on the ringside. Swerve brought a piece, one of the ringside barricades, over to the ring set it up from the ring and down kind of like a ramp and keith lee not thrilled about it bowens laid strikes on lee before lee had a double hand strike on bowens swerve pulled bowens out of the ring and tried to suplex bowens out of the barricade but bowens hit a suplex on swerve onto the barricade instead Bowens hit body shots on Lee before Lee got a one-arm carry into a shoulder tackle and a splash on Bowens. Injured shoulder for a two-count. Bowens laid in the punches on Lee before Lee punched Bowens and hit elbow strikes on Bowens' injured shoulder. Lee tagged Swerve in before Swerve punched Bowens in the head and then got a snapmare into a pump kick on Bowens' injured shoulder. A really... Pushing the injured shoulder line with this match. 
Lee got Bowens on the electric chair position, but Bowens reversed it, hitting a huge poison run on Lee before Swerve and Caster tagged back in. Caster had a backdrop on Swerve, a forearm strike on Lee, a, a diving crossbody on Swerve on the outside, and attempt at a fireman's carry on Lee before Lee hit a strike on Caster's ribs. Caster hit the Teos on Lee, but Lee got back up, placed Caster into the top turnbuckle. Caster pushed Lee off the top rope before hitting the top rope leg drop on Lee and a Death Valley driver on Swerve for a near fall. Bowens hit a running knee strike on Swerve before he and Caster hit a wheelbarrow cutter on Swerve for a two count. Swerve pushed Bowens into Caster before Bowens tossed Swerve and the Bandera onto the apron. After Lee saved Swerve from the barricade, Caster hit a diving crossbody on Lee to crash onto the barricade again. Bowens hit a DDT on Swerve for a near fall, but Swerve got back up, did a rolling flatliner on Bowens before, <clears throat> at this point, hitting the back kick on Bowens' neck for a near fall again. Swerve hit two more back kicks on Bowens, but Bowens barked at Swerve, end up hitting the third kick on Bowens, but Bowens kicked out at two. Swerve went for the Swerve stomp, but Bowens evaded and hit the arrival slam on Swerve before Caster hit the mic drop on Swerve. League breaks up the pin at two. Bones and Caster go for the magic killer on Swerve, but Swerve hit a brain buster on Caster before tagging in Lee. Lee comes in, hits a big veal on Caster before he and Swerve hit him with the fall from glory for a two count. Lee went for the spirit bomb, but Bowens tagged in before Lee tossed Caster onto Bowens and power bombed Caster onto Bowens. It's crazy. Swerve tossed Caster over the timekeeper's table before he picks up a pair of pliers and tried to snap off Caster's fingers. Billy Gunn came running in, tries to save, but uh, ended up distracting the referee. Swerve got the clippers and told lee to clip bowens but lee tossed him to the outside swerve slapped lee in the face which caused lee to walk out on swerve caster laid in some strikes and a thrust kick before getting a victory roll before tagging in caster caster hits the springboard drop kick on swerve caster and bowens hit the hanging slam on swerve Roll them up for a one, two, and three. Your winners and still the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the acclaimed. Good, good. They won. They won. That's uh, that's that's good. That's uh, it's very good. Sounds like it was a decent match. Mm -hmm. so, sounds good. like. Like they're breaking up, uh, swerving your glory. So maybe we'll get a singles run from Keith Lee now. Mm -hmm. So that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, Kidder, I, I realize we didn't call it, but I would say so far with what I heard, unless there's something in the main event, I, I think that last match between Tony Storm and Jamie Hader, with all the interference, I think that's got to be the DraftKings screwy finish of the night. <clears throat> Well, 
because you know how I'm uh, with spoilers. We can't call it because we're not done with the show. Well, okay. So, so we got to push the push the graphic back down. It's not not time yet. <laughs> Just hold on. We got to call call it, and and obviously, if it is, then we bring it up, and if not, then. We'll have to replay a clip of the end of that uh, other match and then bring it up or talk about it. But the tag team championship match was 19 minutes, 40 seconds. And now it looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. It is for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship John Maxley with really William Regal of the Blackpool Combat Club versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman MJF. I pick uh, John Moxley to retain. Hmm. This is a tough one, Kidder. It's a it's a tough one. Um, I like Moxley. I'd like to see him have a title run, uh, especially with the stuff and how the stuff with CM Punk kind of went down, you know, with him basically becoming the interim champion and then Punk just getting it back. I'd like to see a run with him. Although all of the stuff with MJF, I mean, MJF's hot right now, so maybe you put the title on him. But uh, I'm going to go with Mox. I'm going to stick with the champ. Let him let him have a run. Let him Could have a they? run. Well, this match is 23 minutes and 15 seconds. A reminder for you, this was MJF's Casino Ladder Poker Chip Cash-In Match. <clears throat> As we're off, the match began with Moxley laying haymakers on MJF, which uh, MJF shocked by that. MJF slapped Moxley in response before Moxley hit a forearm strike on MJF. Moxley hit three chops before driving his chin on MJF's head. MJF ran the ropes before doing the Ric Flair strut and teasing going for a tope suicida, but instead ran the ropes to do some cardio. Moxley got back to the ring and drove MJF into the corner before biting MJF's face. But MJF got Moxley in the corner and stomped him in the head. Moxley popped back up, hit a vicious lariat on MJF before laying in the cross face uh, and uh, got the strikes there, too, on top of it. Moxley hit the release plex on MJF for a near fall before locking in the S. TF on Moxley, but MJF bit his hand before firing away some forearm strikes on Moxley. Moxley hit a basement chop followed by a falcon arrow into an arm bar on MJF. MJF got a rope break to break the hold. Moxley hit the corner lariat on MJF before sending him out to the ring. Moxley got his title and paraded around the ring with the belt, but MJF spat water into Moxley's face before laying punches on Moxley. Moxley tossed MJF into the stairs before getting back into the ring. Now, MJF gets back into the ring, but Moxley greeted him with uh, some forearm strikes. 
Moxley slammed MJF into the corner with an Irish whip, but MJF rebounded and hit a lariat on Moxley. MJF ended up getting the back rake, six jabs, and a left hook on Moxley before slamming his face onto the top turnbuckle ten times, not eleven. Moxley evaded MJF, went for the paradigm shift on MJF, but MJF slammed Moxley with a wrist lock takedown onto the corner. MJF set up uh, the, the table <clears throat> on the ringside before getting back into the ring, but Moxley grabbed him with the cutter before laying in some Blackpool Combat Club stomps on MJF. MJF rolled onto the apron before Moxley greeted him over there. MJF got Moxley onto the apron and hit a tombstone pile driver on the apron, but immediately clutched his left knee and said some F-bombs. Back into the ring, MJF got a near fall on Moxley before going for a move off the apron, but Moxley kicked MJF's left knee before hitting a pile driver onto the timekeeper's table on MJF. Moxley got back into the ring as the referee started the count-out procedure on MJF. But MJF gets back into the ring at 9.99999, but Moxley hits the paradigm shift on MJF to count. Moxley reacted to this by firing away at MJF's left knee before locking in a torque version of the figure four. Moxley wrenched MJF's ankle, but MJF rolled over the hold, and of course, that reverses the pressure, and Moxley was then in trouble, but grabs the rope and forces the rope break. MJF got Moxley again, hits the draping pile driver <clears throat> on a Moxley for a near fall. Excuse me. MJF went for a heat seeker, but MJF tweaked his knee before Moxley hit a chop block, a chop block, a chop block <clears throat> on MJF's left knee. Moxley stomped away at MJF's left knee before climbing to the top rope, but guess what? MJF gets up, caught him on the top of the turnbuckle by shaping that rope. MJF climbed to the top rope as well, but Moxley fired away with the anvil elbows on MJF before hitting an avalanche paradigm shift, which looked absolutely ridiculous. Gets the pinfall. One, two, nope. MJF with the rope break by extending his arm out and his hand barely touching the rope. MJF gets out of it. Moxley drags MJF back up, demands MJF to give him his best shot, but MJF instead spits in Mox's face before Mox slaps MJF. MJF uh, gets up and the two start exchanging strikes back and forth before MJF pulled the referee into Mox's path. Well, what happens? The official goes down. MJF reaches in his trunks for the crown jewels and ends up pulling out a diamond ring. Yes, it's the AEW diamond ring. Gets it out of his trunks and uh, ends up putting it on his ring and he uh, his finger his ring on his finger and he's contemplating using it <clears throat> well at this point as he's contemplating william regal comes walking down to th from the top of the ramp and is yelling at him not to use the ring mjf 
frustrated while Moxley is still down, and of course the official is down. Well, MJF throws the ring before giving Regal the bird. Turns around, Moxley gets MJF into a sleeper. Well, they back into the second referee and knock that official out of the ring. Moxley gets MJF into the bulldog choke. Well, MJF taps out, but there's no referee watching. So as Regal instructed Moxley to talk to the official to get the pin, Regal pulls out a pair of brass knucks and throws them across the ring to MJF. MJF picks him up, puts him on his on his hand, punches Mox with the knucks, hides them in his trunk, grabs the pin, one, two, and three. Your winner and new All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, MJF. The uh the broadcast ended with MJF doing, uh, you know, invisible snow angels on the ramp with the belt as the new AEW champion. And uh, there is your AEW full gear 2022. <clears throat> what happens from here? Where do we go? What do we do? Those are questions I don't necessarily have answers for, but I could tell you that was, again, 23 minutes and 15 seconds of a match. Howard Blues, your reaction? Uh, Kidder, I'm disappointed. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed. Uh-huh. Um, not necessarily because MJF is the new champion. Um, because I was so sure in mocks that, you know what I went upstairs and grabbed? <clears throat> Why do you have a bottle of that? You swore off of that after we polished off one of those in a four hour sitting in like 2013. What, why do, why do you have that? What is let's, wrong with you? Let, let's not ask why I have a bottle of Jack Daniels Tennessee honey whiskey. You let's sadistic just... son of a bitch! Cheers. And, and, and did you pour one? You, you you poured one? Oh, yeah. It's there. Smells like paint thinner. Cheers. Mmm. <sighs> Well, kidder, that was a lot better the first time we tried that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, damn. Mm hmm. Hmm. Um. Overall, sounds like a good match. Clear to see that they're going with MJF. It'll be interesting to see this. They continue to play this whole. Does MJF take the title and go to WWE? We'll see. We'll we'll find out. Um, Kidder? Okay. Official ruling. You, you, you've seen the whole thing. I tried to call the uh, DraftKings screw finish of the night earlier. Mm -hmm. Is this it? 
What is the DraftKings screw finish of the night? <clears throat> I do believe we can raise the raise the banner because that your final match of the night is more screwy than the other screwy finish of the other screwy match for the AEW Women's World Championship. And therefore, tonight's DraftKings screwy finish of the night is for the AEW World Championship. Because right. William Regal, Regal's gone heel, but he was a heel already. So what actually happened? Yeah, this uh, this seems like an interesting twist because you basically have had Regal build this, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, and now he's just gonna betray it. I I don't know. I I'm sure we'll find out more, including uh, another. Ring of Honor World Championship match on this Wednesday's Dynamite. In other uh, news, before we wrap this up, I watched SmackDown and Rampage earlier today as I had some lunch and made it through SmackDown a little bit longer than normal. Today, it was only about 20 to 24 minutes. <laughs> So there were some segments that I actually uh, watched and paid attention to and then uh, watched uh, Rampage after that. So here we are. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kidder, um, I, uh, I, I didn't watch any of that. A um, couple of final thoughts overall. Um, sounds like this was a good pay-per-view. Uh, for those who are watching the YouTube version, uh, you can, of course, see the scoreboard. But for anybody else, uh, if you are listening on the audio version, our winner for the night is, of course, Kidder, uh, who got uh, nine correct. I wow. only got five, meaning I've had 13 shots of alcohol uh, <laughs> throughout the course of this. <laughs> 13 I meant Five. 8 8 8 <laughs> clearly 32. it's had an effect uh yeah um Kidder I had one last uh kind of thing that you mm -hmm. know I we, we get a lot of people watching and if you made it this far through the uh through the show thank you um Kidder I was watching an interesting video uh, today while I was doing some work in the cave, and uh, they were talking about the uh, fact that it sounds like and this will be good news for you if you haven't heard, but it sounds like Stone Cold is coming back. And oh, he is, hell yeah! And we'll be doing a match! But this video was debating who's the opponent. So, Kidder, I want to put it out there for our audience to participate. Here are uh, the people that I was watching. Here's who they listed off as potential opponents for Stone Cold at this year's WrestleMania. And I, I, I want to hear your pick on this, too. But but mm -hmm. here's, here's who they listed off. Some of them I don't think are going to happen because we kind of know. Um, Brock Lesnar. Bill Goldberg, Roman Reigns, The Rock, or CM Punk. 
So, Kidder, mm. which one would you love to see, and which one do you think you're going to get? <sighs> well, <clears throat> I'd obviously uh, absolutely love to see CM Punk and Stone Cold because that was a dream match of mine. And, you know, if we could turn the clock back a good 10, 15 years uh, or even do some timey-wimey time travel and get uh, CM Punk back to Stone Cold in his heyday, then uh, that would be even better of a match. But that's what I would like to see. I think a more realistic take on it would be none of those choices, but possibly a rematch with Austin Theory. That's that's a pretty good call, Kidder. That's a pretty good call. And I would kind of agree with you. I think CM Punk would be like the big money match if Punk is possibly coming back, um, which was the theory put out there by Dave Meltzer. So he may have heard something. Hmm. It's hard to say. Um but I can see there being a number of people who you could put up against um, against Austin and have a good match. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if our audience has a thought on it. You know, put it in the comments. Love to hear who you think might be Stone Cold's opponent uh, coming up at WrestleMania. Yeah, he's Kidder, any- be in really good, really good shape. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? I I was just about to ask you if you had any final thoughts. Um, and if as not, of, Kidder, go, go ahead. As of 22 minutes ago, WWE posted on several of their pages, uh, including Randy Orton's official WWE page and Batista's WWE page. The clip where it's Randy Orton and Triple H confronting the Shield when Seth Rollins betrays the Shield. And of course, the main point in the first, you know, 10 seconds of that video is seeing Dean Ambrose, i.e. Moxley, go at the betrayal. And one of the captions from uh, Randy Orton is, could have warned you. So do you think that's a little bit of a cheap jab? <laughs> because, you know, Mox lost the title. Uh, yeah, that's probably what it is. Taking some, uh, taking some cheap shots. So. Mm. Uh, and it was also the WWE network page. <laughs> Uh, mm. And the WWE Raw page and the WWE SmackDown page. <laughs> um, I I think the most important yeah. thing about uh, <laughs> I think the most important takeaway from that kidder is clearly the WWE big fans of AEW, big fans got to share all that news. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and uh, hey, with that surprising revelation kidder it's time we wrap this show up because we've been talking about you've been talking for quite a while and uh hey because it's a wrestling one and kidder has been talking that means i get to try to do the cheap plugs which is going to be even more interesting than normal because uh i've had a lot of shots tonight (laughs) 
Uh, if you if you miss a cheap plug, you have to take another shot. <laughs> oh, you're almost you're almost out of that bottle too. <laughs> oh, almost, almost. Uh, anyways, one one shot. <laughs> yeah. That said, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at our home in cyberspace, beer, blues, and bs.com. There we have links to all of our wonderful social media places that you can find us. You can learn more about the show, learn more about the hosts, all sorts of great stuff there. It is our home in cyberspace, so make sure you uh, stop on by and check it out. Some of the great things that you will find there. Kidder mentioned it earlier. You can buy us a beer. It's the cheapest, easiest way to support the show. A couple bucks, you buy us a beer, and uh, you know you get a shout out on the show. Got a comment? Got a thought? Got an opinion? Hey, we'll read it. We will. Trust me, we'll do it. So make sure you click that button. Feel free to throw us a few dollars, or if you're feeling a bit more generous, there's the merch button. That's right. You can buy. Some official beer, blues, and BS merch. We got some great shirts out there. My personal favorite, of course, is a slogan of mine. It's been a week. I, uh, I, I'm going to place that order for that one, Kidder, um, as soon as we're done here, uh, since I got my computer up and running, because Microsoft's been a jerk to me today. Uh, yeah, it's been a week, but there's also some other great, great stuff out there. Want to know Kidder's recipe for a great old-fashioned and we got a lot of merch that tells you just exactly how to do it so make sure check out the merch there's something there for everyone and hey 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 to tell you christmas is coming so make sure you get it in there and get your stuff ordered and hey little secret you know if you want 20 percent off just use the code howard that's right howard will get you 20 percent off so it's 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 a steal. It's some savings, but it's a secret. So shh. But make sure you get there. Cars of merch. As for the show, you can also find us on Facebook. It's a great place to find and see all the stuff that we post. So Facebook, Beer Blues BS. You'll find us. Sometimes we post some extra stuff there. So make sure you check that out. Or hey, are you into the gram? The Instagram. Kidders started us on this whole Instagram thing. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but he's been doing it. And it's another great place to see some extra content from us. So I, I don't even know what to tell you to search on the whole Instagram thing. But uh, yeah, at I'm at at beer blues BS. There you go. Uh, see, Kidder, I couldn't have told him that because I don't understand how Instagram works. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I, I'll admit it. It's like I'm Facebook old. now. Because they're oh. basically the same. Ah. The more you know. <laughs> hey. Do you want to watch it? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to watch this banter? I mean, because for some people, the audio just doesn't cut it. If you want to watch this, see our happy, smiling faces, and to see all the shenanigans that our future editor, our editor, future Howard, puts into the show... <laughs> Hey, check us out on YouTube. Just look for Beer Blues and BS. We have more wrestling reviews, so you can see what we thought of some past shows. We have our main show, Beer Blues BS. It's a great podcast. 
And uh, hey, 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 there's some other spinoff stuff, including Kidder's Log and, of course, Howard's Game of Wonder. What are those? Go check them out. They're great. And, uh, of course, this whole venture it started off as an audio podcast, and so you can still find the audio podcast for this on any and all of the great audio podcast services out there. Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You know, we're on all of them. Just just search Beer Blues BS. I mean, we're we're out there on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I mean, you you pick one. We're there. You can find us. <laughs> pick one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and hey, if you pick Spotify, you know what else is out there? All right, we also got the Killer Kidder show. Truthfully, I have nothing to do with it. It's all Kidder, but he's got a bunch of curated music. You know, so if you miss Kidder's radio DJ days, there's a spot. You could go. Listen to what he's jamming to. It's all good. And, uh, man, Kidder, I think I nailed it. I think I got them all. I think I am safe from having to take another shot of this. And uh, before I, you know, put my foot in my mouth any deeper, he's the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. I'm Howard Blues. Reminding you to always keep your glass at least half full. You know, uh, I hear hear rumor that there's free beer tomorrow. And we'll see you somewhere along that old snowy Tuscan highway. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty.